0: Chapter 24, End Game. In March of 2013, I met my new probation officer, Gary Diamond. I reported to him, submitted to a urine test, and he discussed we discussed my case. He told me the next time I had to report was July 5th. I was to call in every month on the 25th, the day I was born in May. We had a nice chat. I found him to be very cordial. I continued on with my probation, working, singing, playing guitar, But no drinking. On Saturday morning at the end of February, I walked into a coffee shop. All the perks in the shop, right Center across from where I had lived. I noticed the place when it first opened in September of 2012. A singer-guitar player was performing. I grabbed a cup of coffee, sat down, and listened. After finishing, I asked the girl at the counter if there were any openings for performers. She told me to come back Monday morning and speak to the owner-manager, Maureen. Maureen told me there was an opening from noon to 2 p.m. on Saturdays. I would come in the following Saturday, and if she liked me, she'd keep me. She liked me. I played there every Saturday using my stage name, Eric Kyle. It paid five bucks an hour plus tips. I didn't care. I just enjoyed playing, and it kept me occupied. The tips turned out to be pretty good. I'd averaged between 10 and 15 bucks. One Saturday, I walked out of there with close to 30 bucks in tips plus the 10 bucks in pay in two hours. I made 40 bucks. Great. So every Saturday, I'd get up, go to the gym for a workout, shower, get some d coffee, come home, get check my email, and go play. On my birthday, Saturday, May 25th, my daughters took me to BB King's in New York City to see the Beatles tribute band Strawberry Fields. I took the train in and met them there. While waiting for the train, I made my call to probation. Officer Diamond's voicemail answered, and as I did in April, I left my standard call and message. The show at B.B. King's was great. I walked into the club and downstairs, where a full brunch was waiting with a cash bar. I drank coffee with my eggs, bacon and sausage, French toast, home fries, brownies, and apple pie. The band was terrific. The first hour, dressed in early Beatles suits and Beatles wigs, they played all of the Beatles' early music, from She Loves You to Eight Days a Week to Help. After a 10-minute intermission, they came out in full Sergeant Pepper garb and played songs from the Balance of the Beale era, the Psychedelic Through the Abbey Road and Let It Be albums. What a wonderful time. On Sunday morning in early June, I got a call from Brian, the guy who installed my Interceptor interlock device. He told me that Interceptor completely lost its contract with the state and that I might have to change my interlock company. He told me that some people who were near the end of their probation were allowed to lose the thing completely. No such luck for me. The following Tuesday, I got a call from Officer Diamond and he explained the situation to me. I had to call Intoxilock, set up a new account, and replace the device at no charge. Great. Just when I used, was getting used to the girl telling me to please wait. Brian had picked up the contract with Intoxalock, and he would be able to make the switch. So I made an appointment and got it done. The new device didn't speak. It tweeted. Although much bigger and more cumbersome than the interceptor, it did have a few advantages. It had a digital timer that showed the countdown seconds. After you shut off the engine of the car, there were two minutes allowed where you were able to restart the vehicle without having to blow. It was the same on the interceptor device, but without the digital timer, so you had to guess. The camera was also placed in a different location on the windshield by the passenger side and was much smaller and less noticeable. Again, I was resigned and did what I had to do. On July 1st, Gina turned 23 years old. I couldn't believe that my little girl, my Gigi, reached that plateau. She'd grown up to be a beautiful lady. Much of the credit goes to her mother. Though we had our differences, I always knew that Rose had our children's best interests at heart. One of the caveats in our divorce agreement was that when Gina turned 23, we would sell the house and split the profits. My lease was up where I lived, so I decided to buy her out. I wanted to move back to the house, and I had been looking for one when I got into DWI trouble. We came to an agreement, and I was to move back to 21 Ginny Lane in Bethpage on September 1st. I went to Officer Diamond and explained the situation. It didn't seem to faze him. You're not moving to Florida, so I'll worry about it when I have to. We had a nice meeting, discussed the car three golf course near the probation center and the new interlock device. When he asked me how I liked it, he told me it was up, if it was up to him, I wouldn't have it too much longer. He set our next meeting for October 10th. I left him that day hoping he was telling me that the end was near but I wasn't counting on it. I began moving the last week in August. Rose left the place immaculate, so was, there was little for me to do. On Saturday, August 31st, I was completely moved in. On Monday, September 2nd, was Labor Day. On Tuesday morning, September 3rd, 18 months to the day I began my probation at about ten thirty in the morning as I was driving, my cell phone rang. It was Officer Diamond. Mr. Palermo, I will leave the rest to your imagination. My probation was over. Officer Diamond gave me specific instructives. I was to come to his office, pick up my release papers, take one to the DMV first and get my license restriction for the interlock removed and then, and only then, take it to Brian and get the thing taken out. I couldn't thank Officer Diamond enough. No one is perfect. We all make mistakes. Hopefully, we learn from these mistakes and try not to make the same mistakes twice. Did I have too much to drink that night? Yes. Did I deserve everything I went through? Absolutely. Did I learn my lesson? I hope so. Is there any message in all of this? I don't know. But I'll tell you something. I'm a child of the 60s. I grew up with marijuana. I smoked it, inhaled it, sucked it down to the roach, and then ate the roach. Then there was cocaine. I did that too. Never liked it, but became addicted. To it. Athletics, especially playing tennis every day, made me stop that. There was always alcohol beer, wine, vodka, scotch, bourbon, whiskey, said, cognac. Why and how does one become an abuser? A great question. Does therapy help? Another great, great question. I think that all the therapy in the world, all the professional discussions in the world only help if there is self help, if there is the desire inside. It seems to me we're better off consulting with our souls, a wise man said. Being completely sober for 18 months made me realize how wonderful and refreshing it is to be clean. Will I ever drink again? Probably, but responsibly. I promised myself I would never drink and drive again. The next time I think about drinking and driving, I'm going to read this book. Bottom line, don't drink and drive. The next time you think about it, Maybe you should read this book.